Hey guys, welcome back to Two Girls in a Podcast. I'm your co-host Katie. And I'm Jen. And today we have a special guest whom I've been speaking to for a couple weeks now and who's extremely nice. His name is Ed Davis. He's with um, Finish Line Comics and he specifically does the um, the words for a, a specific comic that I've, I've read the three that are there and they're, they're very amazing. So we're going to kind of ask him some questions and get some more information about it and um, hopefully everybody will head over. We're going to link where you can go to read it and hopefully everybody will head over and read his comics. So we're excited. Thanks for joining us, Ed. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we did want to do a shout out to Amy Hamilton who introduced us to Ed. Um, Her handle is April's Mom 76. Um, She does a lot of feminine hygiene care products. So to all the women out there, if you're looking for something special like that, head over to her. And um, she's extremely nice. She's been a huge support. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So So Ed, why don't you um, go ahead and and talk a little bit about yourself? So I'm the writer of the comic series Immortal Immortal Era. And it has three issues that are out so far, and the fourth issue will be coming out later this month. So there's going to be a Kickstarter launching next Saturday oh. for issue four. So that'll be the place where if you go to the Kickstarter, you can buy issue four, or you can buy any of the previous issues as well. And I'm also the of the publishing company, Finish Line Comics. So yeah. it's... The comics, this so far, that's the only comic published under Finish Line Comics, but we do have some writers that are going to be getting published there later on. So right now, my focus is more just getting out this, the books in my series, but once we reach issue six, that that point, that's when I'd like to start putting out more more writers' works. So Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a... We've started it up. It's been a few years, and it's a slow... It's a slow pro. It's a slow progress, but we're trying to keep releasing Immortal Era at a in a good, decent, timely schedule, and then start showcasing some other independent writers. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. No, yeah, I'm actually looking to four because you know I finished it, and I'm like, oh, well, what happened? <laughs> I want to know what happened. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of got sucked into it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I try to put those cliffhangers at the end to make sure that I, the readers want to get back in. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave you at this cliffhanger moment, and if you want to know more, come back and grab the next one. Exactly. No, yeah. you should. That's exactly what you should do. So that you know draws people in, and they're waiting for it, So, yeah. which is like me. <laughs> I'm waiting right. for it. That's right. You know, it might help. Um, you know, how did you get into um, writing for comics? Have you always been a writer? Um, I was... I, I've been a writer since I was young. I used, I used to write poetry and short stories and things like that. And what happened was with this particular story, I started writing it as a novel trilogy. I never intended it to be a comic book because when I was younger, I didn't realize that you don't have to do everything in a comic. When I was reading comics as a kid, I thought, all right, that person wrote it, he drew it, he did every single thing. And since I have no artistic skills, I thought, all right, well, I could never do comic writing because I couldn't draw a stick figure straight. So <laughs> what do I do to write? And I started writing this particular story back in about 1998 when I was in college. 
and it was intended to be a novel trilogy. And it's one of those where the story kept getting pushed aside. Mm-hmm. So I would come back to it, I'd add some notes, and then I would just, you know, work on another degree, shove the story aside. Having kids, you shove the story aside. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I think it was probably about 2015 that the librarian at the school that I work at. He's actually a Kubert School graduate mm-hmm. who's comic artist, and, and we were just kind of talking stories, and he said, wow, that idea of yours would be a perfect comic book. So awesome. at, at that point, I had no idea how to write a comic book, uh-huh. but with the internet, you can go on, you can Google it and find out all the different ways to write a comic script, uh-huh. and what you discover is there's no one one formula for writing a comic script. So I just started researching going into the back of all the old trade paper I had where the writers put their little script excerpts and uh-huh. found a format that worked for me and started adapting all of that story that I had into a comic script. Awesome. So That's it cool. wasn't until later that it became that. So all my giant stack of, of notes and papers all turned into comic script from wow. there. So now I'm trying to adapt that full story into what will probably be about a 30-issue comic series. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So basically, you're saying that this idea you've had since 20 years ago, pretty much, and it's just been put yeah. on the back burner just because of life. Yeah. I mean, life happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it happened in 98, and that's why if you read it, there's a bit of that everything happens at the millennium. Yeah. So yeah. it was feeding into when I started writing it, all that Y2K hysteria that was going on at the time. Yeah. Everybody thinking, okay, the year 2000, the, the everything's going to stop and, you know, planes are going to fall out of the sky yeah. and the world's going to end. Yep. So my thought was, what if it was worse? What if everything they were thinking acts? And of course, what seems like a blessing, all right, it's not worse. Everybody's immortal. Well, not so great. So the right. basic premise of the idea that popped in my head was immortality sucks. And yeah. What can they do to to fix that yeah right yeah i mean it was it's an interesting comics um series because as you know i was reading it and you know and i don't want to give too much away because i certainly want people to go read it and things like that but you know like being immortal like death isn't around and you start it off and you don't learn why death isn't around but as you go along you know they find that and they find out what happened to death you know and there's Dr. Nix and Dr. Mann and Ari and Miguel and all those characters, which you kind of get attached to slightly. And that's only three comic books so far, you know, and you just you just want to know how the series goes along. So and the eaters, yeah. the eaters, I mean, the illustrations themselves um, are really good as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy that I found this particular artist. It was just I was looking for an artist that had a kind of a gritty and dark style that would fit the tone of the When I found Caesar, I just found him online, just on this, almost like a want ads for comic artists, Uh and he had his portfolio linked, and I loved his attention to detail. Uh He put as much attention into what was going on in the ground as he did to what the characters were doing. And we just started talking, and he liked the script, so... You know, it, it ended up working really well, and I think as the issues go along, we've been since we've been working together, the art team is getting even better because he kind of knows what I want, and he also isn't afraid to explore a little bit on his own. Yeah. 
he knows I respect this art and that if he makes a slight change, it's not going to bother me because he's going to do it to make the story even better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I do have a question about the illustration. So did you, when you work with him, do you have a specific way that you, you want them to be drawn? Like you've mentally, you know what they they look like and he has to go by that or did he just, you know, draw them and you just kind of had to agree that this is what they, they would look like. When I do the scripts, it's really detailed about needs to be going on and where the character should be placed mm-hmm. and what kind of things are going on in the background. So he'll send me these really rough pencil sketches where it's almost it's almost just like stick figures, but just to try to get the placement going. Uh-huh. And then after he sends me something like that, I'll say, okay, maybe try this or one of the biggest problems is I'll have so much dialogue and I'll say, all right, we need a little bit more negative space so that we can fit all of the dialogue in there. But we do this all from his kind of raw pencil sketches. And then from there he goes and does the actual pencils over the raw, just kind of scribbles that he did. And at that point, that's the last Okay, let's change this just a little bit and Mm -hmm. Or, you know, everything looks good, let's go on. And, yeah, it's just a lot of making sure... I have to make sure I go back, and when he sends me a page, I look at the script to make sure, okay, is there enough room for the dialogue? Is the action the way it's supposed to be? Because mm-hmm. we... He's from Brazil, so oh, wow. sometimes he'll misunderstand things. And then one of our things was I described a strip mall, and he came back to me and said, I've never heard of this word, and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, so I, well, I just take a couple pictures of him, and yeah. he goes, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, he's in Brazil. That's amazing that you found him. He did really well Yeah, at matching, really you know, exactly what you're looking for. So um, it's really it's really cool that you found somebody, and he was able to match the drawings so well to what you're looking for, and... Just the two of you seem to work really well together to create this story visually, and then also uh, it's it's just really good. I enjoyed reading them. Yeah. Yeah. So he he actually brought in the colorist we had too because he had worked with her previously. Mm-hmm. So he told me I have a really good colorist in Italy. So we have our, our oh, artists wow. from all around the world. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so why don't you give a summary of what the comic is about? Okay. So the basic premise is in the year 2000, there's a mysterious event that makes all of humanity completely continue to age. Oh, they can yeah. still get hurt. If, some, if a limb gets cut off, nothing's going to grow back. And we then fast forward the story 200 years into the future, and we see what's become of where people aren't able to die. So mm-hmm. half of the population lives in these overcrowded, crumbling cities, and the other half are forced to live in these abandoned subway stations that they've converted into small little villages. Mm-hmm. But the life in the underground is overrun with gangs and violence, and it's just the survival of the fittest right. down there. So there's one, one village that's been established, kind of the last peaceful village of the underground, and... The leader of that village, known only as Father, is basically trying to find a way with the people that he's adopted as as his family 
find a way to bring death back into the world and restore the natural life cycle. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. It's really cool. So, well, there's something called, not that I'm, tr- again, trying to give it away, called eaters, which is a pretty interesting um, concept to it as well, being that nobody can die in the sense, you know. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting to see when that happens in the story as well. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, I mean, it's, it's a gruesome story, but I... You know, that's kind of how it was always written. Sure. So no. I yeah. know some people read the stuff with the with the eaters and certain scenes and it's just it's crazy stuff, but that's kind of what I was going for. My, yeah. my mom doesn't like it and said, Well, I can put a tagline on the front issue. This isn't your mother's comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean but it it makes it it's entertaining too, yeah. you know, that's really what a lot of people like to be honest. So, you know, it adds a little bit of something to it. It's, it's a different sort of comic book for sure, but in a good way. Yeah. It has kind of like the walking dead feel right. a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I've heard that it's like the walking dead, but no zombies. Yeah. And just kind of the hopelessness that they, they have in that story. And when I started writing it, it will, I was reading a lot of, Neil Gaiman and Garth Ennis work, and they more not influenced by their stories, but just how you can do a long form story in comic form that's written purely for adults. Yeah. And you know, each issue just feeds into the next one, so it's not like you can just buy issue four and understand what's going on. It's kind of this is one big collective story, so that's what I wanted to do. and. You know, that's what The Walking Dead did as well. So mm-hmm. that was the kind of storytelling I wanted to do, not just, you know, hero of the week. And I love superheroes, but I wanted something that was just, you know, it was like reading an actual novel, but, you know, just graphic novel form, but true graphic novels, not just collection of superhero stories or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, I liked it. So you did a good job. Yeah. That's for sure. So, especially because, I mean, I like comics, but it's not like I go out and try to buy them all the time. Yours definitely is a good one. Like, I would buy it. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has that gritty, uh, like you said, adult, something for adults to mm-hmm. kind of enjoy. And it's not, you know, it's very, uh, like, uh, I don't really know what to say, but like hardcore, not hardcore, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I was going for, and I wanted to establish right away that this book's not for kids. So mm-hmm. by page two, you would know that, but it's really just a misconception, I think, with non-comic readers, is mm-hmm. that there shouldn't be any comics that aren't for kids. They don't understand that concept. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's when you get someone come up to your table when you're at a con or something, and they got a little six-year-old next to them, and I try to discourage them from buying the book, they still don't quite get that, yeah, they, I don't want to offend you or your six-year-old. Yeah, right, yeah. But you know, you're, yeah. Keep walking, please. And I'll, I'll always hand them a sticker or something like, here, why don't, why don't you take a sticker and, you know, come back to me when you're a little older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. That's good that you do that because it definitely isn't for kids. But, yeah. you know, it's good to have adult comics too. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's more people that are actually reading them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's the ones that grew up with comics, and now they're adults, and they want mm-hmm. they want to read good stories. And 
there's so much great stuff going on in the indie comic scene right now. If you go on Kickstarter, you can find some really amazing series out there that you would probably never heard of because you can't just walk into a comic shop and pick up these issues. Yeah. But there's a lot of great storytelling going on in that particular community. I think bigger than ever because now it's it's more affordable and more feasible to publish your own work. Mm-hmm. Where probably 25 years ago, it was so expensive and most people who did it they published it on the cheapest paper stock and it was only yeah. black and white because publishing anything at that time was so much. But there's so many good publishing houses that do comic books for indie publishers that you can afford to put out your own book now. Yeah, 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 which is good. Yeah, and the, the fact that you can do like digital copies, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody around the world can see it. That's such an amazing thing. Yeah. And those, when I do the Kickstarters, those do really well and you'll sell to those like you said all throughout the world you'll get people who will buy those digital copies mm-hmm. so it's nice to have those and then you have your your purists like myself i don't like reading digital copies so i'll always buy the actual book so i can hold it in hand yeah and you get people like that even around the world i have a few people who buy that are from england i have one from switzerland and wow you know, they always buy a hard copy of the book. So sure. some people prefer it that way. But it's nice to have digital copies because someone trying to give me the argument of why they were good. He said, well, go in your garage and look at all those boxes of comics. He says, I don't have to worry about those. They're, I just have one little hard drive and that's my comic collection. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? You're making a good point there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is. It is. But I'm kind of more of that. I like to have a hard copy sort of person as well. Because, yeah. you know, we grew up like that. I mean, the digital age has only been as of recent. Yeah. Exploded. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, everybody likes their own thing. So, I could go either way. So. Yeah. 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 It's good you have the options, though. Right. You know, available. So. Exactly. So, why don't you explain where... Um, listeners can go to find your comic book and be able to download it or maybe purchase it if they want a hard copy. Yeah. Okay, so for right now, the easiest way to get a copy would be if you go to finishlinecomics.com. Okay. It has a link in there to my web store where you can purchase issues one, two, and three. Okay. And then next Saturday, I'll be launching a Kickstarter for issue four. And that'll have lots of options because my web store is pretty basic. You can get digital copies of the book or physical copies of one, two, and three. But if you go to the Kickstarter, it's going to have a huge amount of options that you can have. You can buy shirts, hats. There's going to be original pages of Caesar's artwork for sale. And then I also have CGC graded copies because a lot of people only like to collect their stuff slabbed up in the CGC. So I send my books in there and make sure that I have those available for that kind of a collector. And then if you are pledging on the Kickstarter, I always give lots of fun little perks. So there'll be magnets and keychains that oh, we wow. can unlock as we reach different goals on the Kickstarter campaign. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that'll be the best way to get it. But if you want right now, I have $2 digital copies on my website. So I try to keep my digital copies very affordable so yeah. if you want to try the series out it's not going to an arm and a leg and then if you like it you can explore it further yeah great I'm going to have to explore it yeah yeah. 
Because I'm going to find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So when did you say book four would be out? Issue four, we're, we're doing, we're going to be working on the final editing of it this week. And then it'll go to lettering, but lettering is, and it will end in a month. So basically once the Kickstarter campaign ends, the book will be ready and I'll start sending it out to the people who pledge. So awesome. it will be ready by the, I'd say the end of March. It okay. It will be sent to the printer. Awesome. So not that long. Yeah. Couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all of the, the, the hard parts done, all the principal arts done, all the colors are done. So now it's just. I take my wife and I, she's the editor on the book, and we'll go through and we'll start spending that time trimming dialogue, making sure that everything fits the way it should, mm-hmm. and then we send it to the assistant editor and he sure that, that there's no there's no grammatical mistake. So he's, okay. he's perfect for that because he'll catch any missing comma and any little tiny thing that I might overlook, especially when you're reading your own work, you, you'll overlook things because sure. you, you've read it so many times. You kind of, whoops, I didn't notice that that missed the period at the end of the sentence. So mm-hmm. he's very meticulous and he'll read every panel with a fine tooth comb and make sure there's nothing out of place. So once he gives the final approval, then at that point it's off to the printer. So it's, this is the fastest process of this, of the book. The artwork takes about three months to get done. Yeah. Okay. And then once that's done, it's about a month to do all these last editing steps. So it's my wife's actually just seen for the first time some of the artwork from the book and the final colors, and it just looks amazing. They did such a good job this time. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, we're excited for it, yes. for sure. Yes, we are. We are. Well, Ed, do you have anything else that you'd like to add on to this this episode? Oh, no, thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me on. I always love being able to talk about my book. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Glad you enjoyed it. And yeah, issue four will be coming pretty quick. So I'll send you a link when the Kickstarter goes live. And okay. then I'll shoot over a digital copy when they're ready. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. We'd love to have you again, too, once you have more uh, more issues come out. Yeah. If you wanted to talk about those at any point, please don't hesitate to contact us. And if you want to... Okay. Yeah, my, my big, right now, we're just trying to get the first six issues out because the six issues tell one big story arc. Right. And then at that point, we'll start doing it. We'll put them into a trade paperback and a nice hardcover one. So okay. yeah. that would be great to come come out on and talk because that will be actually fulfilling that first story arc which is a really hard thing because with indie publishing you realize right away it's very difficult and very expensive and that's why you get a lot of really great issue ones that never see an issue two because people wow. realize oh, wow this was a lot more expensive and yeah i you know i didn't put out my book and become an instant millionaire and yeah and uh, not making it past that. So yeah. when I do that trade, that'll be something I'm going to be really excited about and just, okay. you know, share it everywhere because it'll be an actual trade, which is what a lot of people will wait for. Some people say, I won't buy individual issues. I'll wait until it's all in one trade paperback. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. At that point, I'll be happy to come on and talk to anybody. But in the meantime, I'll send you links to what's going on because until the cons open up, again and there's ways yeah. to go out and promote in the real world yeah i'm going to be focusing on the kickstarter 
campaigns and mm-hmm. trying to sell the book that way. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, when you're ready, you want to, you know, utilize us to talk about it, please don't hesitate to send us a message and we're happy to, to help you out any way we can. Yeah. Right. For sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. You're super nice. Everybody head over and read to at Finish Line Comics. Ed, he yeah. does Immortal Era. Um, one, two, and three are out right now. Please check it out.